Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. Her new single, Women Always Know, and debut EP, Slightly Out of Reach, are out right now. And I highly recommend that you go and stream the hell out of both of them because they're both just absolutely fantastic. Please welcome the incredible Kate Carter. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I... I'm in love with the single. I'm in love with the EP. I, I've become such a huge fan in like the last 48 hours. So oh, I'm very excited you. you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about it and for people to listen. So I, for the people who aren't familiar, uh, tell us, tell us about the new EP. Yeah. So it's called Slightly Out of Reach. It's a five song EP. Um, I had one single. It was called Women Always Know. It has a music video that's doing really well. So that's really exciting. Um, But yeah, so basically the concept of the EP is that everything in each song has an aspect of it that's slightly out of reach. So it's a lyric from the first track on the EP, which is called The Photo on Your Desk. And in that song specifically, the thing that's slightly out of reach is um, feeling secure in a relationship. The second song is called Wish I Believed You. And it's uh, the thing that's slightly out of reach is trust in myself. Uh, Women Always Know and Doing Life With Me, those are sister songs, which is really exciting. They were written 20 minutes apart because I, yeah, I know I I wrote Women Always Know and I kind of exaggerated a little bit how I was feeling because I knew it was a good song, but then I felt bad about exaggerating. So I was like, oh, I better write a nice song now. So <laughs> I wrote Doing Life With Me like literally 20 minutes later. And in both of those songs, the thing that is slightly out of reach is like, again, security in a relationship, but in a slightly different, more hopeful, less angry kind of way. Um, And the very last song is called Summer in Love. And um, the thing that's slightly out of reach is the life that you want. You you, You said you wrote those songs 20 minutes apart, and it reminds me of this the story of dolly parton writing i will always love you and jolene like within 20 minutes of each other so that's 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 always really cool to me 
Oh my God. That's so funny. I totally forgot about that. I, wow. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) So if you had to describe your, the EP using only one word, what would that word be? I think, I think the word would be dynamic. And the reason for that is the thing that kind of brings all of my music together is the style of writing, the style of storytelling. But in terms of genre, I kind of bop all over the place a little bit. The first song is like a pop rock song. The second song is a rock ballad. The third and fourth song are country pop songs. And then the fifth song is like an Americana folky song. But they it is cohesive, which doesn't make sense because it shouldn't be, which is why it's dynamic. Um, and the cohesion comes from the writing. So who is an artist that if they popped into this Zoom right now and said, hey, you have to come on tour with me right this very minute, who are we dropping everything for? So when you ask this question, my immediate response is Taylor Swift, obviously. but The more I think about it, I actually think that I would love to go on tour with Noah Kahn. Um, I am just so inspired by his writing style and his lyrics and the fact that he writes most of his songs by himself. He's the only credited writer, which is amazing. Um, And I think because of the way he writes his song, really focusing on the storytelling, his fans would really enjoy my music because it's kind of similar. So I when I think of like who I would be playing for, I think Noah Khan's fans would really appreciate my music. If you could change one thing about the music industry right now, what would what would it be? TikTok. I'm <laughs> so bad at TikTok and I like I don't really enjoy it so much. I'm just I'm not good in shorter form. I love to talk and have conversations and obviously sing and write, but um the shorter form comedy stuff is it's not my strong suit and it is obviously super important for the music industry and it's I heard someone say once like if you're not on TikTok, you're not trying hard enough, like you don't want it bad enough. So I'm on there, but it's, if I could change something, that would be it. That is, that is the most popular answer to this question. Everybody hates TikTok. Like, <laughs> Well, it's like, I don't want to be insufferable on the internet, but that's what <laughs> you have to do. You know, what's, what's the dream venue for you? Like, where would you give anything to play? So you know, there's so many beautiful theaters in the U.S. I specifically, I don't really know a lot of theaters outside of the U.S. or a lot of venues outside of the U.S., but there are so many beautiful venues here. And my answer to this is not one of them, which is so funny. <laughs> um, I think it would be the Hollywood Palladium. It's not the most beautiful venue by any stretch of the word, but it was the first concert when I moved to L.A. that I went to was Fletcher's concert this past year. and. I was like standing on the floor and I was like, wow, I would love to play here one day. And then she gets on stage and she tells a story about like when she was 22 and just moved to LA and she went to see her very first concert there and was like, I'm going to play here one day. And I was like, wow, no original thoughts. But (laughs) I think that it would be a really full circle moment to play that venue. That's, I mean, it's, it's destiny now. Like it's kismet. You, you will, you will play the palladium. I know it's going to happen. It's got to happen now. <laughs> it's out there. 
what do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? I think probably using the same chords over and over again. I try not to. I try really hard to just like kind of put my fingers on random places in the guitar until it makes a pretty sound. But if I'm like really in a headspace of writing a song and I need to get it out really fast, I kind of resort to the same like eight chords, which is something that I would like to kind of stray away from. Describe your music using only colors and shapes. So I I love this question because I love to like think about music in terms of color. Um, I've always thought about music in terms of color since I was really little. I think this EP specifically, um, blues and greens and purples, that's kind of how I see it in like almost not shapes, almost like fog, if that makes sense, like kind of swirling together like fog because I think the purples, the darker colors are more of those like heavier rock sounding songs. And then the blue is like the country songs as it changes into green, which is like folk. And that is the progression of the album. So I kind of like see it almost as, you know, uh, like an Aurora, you know how they look in the sky. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, do you, do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Definitely an artist. I, um, my favorite thing about being a musician, a singer songwriter is writing the songs and recording them. I, I, I like to perform. Of course, I like to perform. I've been doing it since I was so, so, so little, but I love what happens behind the scenes because it really makes me feel like I'm doing something important and real. And I was, um, I was recording Summer in Love, which is the fifth song on the EP. And the way that we built the song around the main guitar line and the melody, it was literally like painting a picture. And I mean, that's an artist for you, painting a picture. But I mean, in the studio, I was thinking about like the blue moving into the green and how I wanted to make that sound. And I think that I achieved that, which is awesome. And um yeah, so I have to say artist because I love the artistry that goes on behind the scenes. Is there a moment in your career that you're most proud of? Probably, probably the Women Always Know music video. Um, it has gained a little bit of traction, which is really exciting. Um, when we were filming it, I just knew that it was going to be something really special. The band that I had play with me in that video, um, we got along so well. We had such an incredible dynamic when we were rehearsing and then when we were on set. And I don't know, just the way I felt when we were performing it. And we were performing it live. Obviously, the master is what you hear in the video. But we were performing it live. We just cut the audio for it. And to do like to perform that song with this band a million times throughout the day just filled my soul. And it's so crazy because it was a performance that only us and the crew got to experience, but it was so special. And then to see the way that Mallory Siegenthaler is um, the DP on this project and she edited it and lit it and colored it. It's crazy. She's so talented. Um, she, the way that she cut and colored this project, it, I hate to use the word dynamic again, but it is. It's so <laughs> dynamic to watch how that performance felt in my head happening on the screen. It's so cool. And 
obviously, you know, putting out an EP is a huge accomplishment and I'm so excited about it, but I think just seeing the way I felt happen on a screen in front of me was really, really cool. Tell me about the moment you decided you wanted to pursue music. <laughs> so um, I've been writing music since I was six. The first song I ever wrote. Yeah, yeah, long time. <laughs> um, the first song I ever wrote, uh, I don't know what it was called, but it was about how I wanted to be an NFL football player um, because I was not a girl's girl at the time. I was six and I was like, I want to like be with the boys and I want to play football. Um, and my dad informed me that I was not allowed to join an NFL <laughs> team. And so I was like, fine, I'll join a baseball team instead. And I, the lyrics are like, I want to be in the MLB. I want to play baseball. You'll never forget I'm saying this to you because that is my dream come true. And it's so funny to like think back to that point because I used to like sing on my stairs. I was, I would write so many songs and stand at the top of my stairs and pretend like I was singing it to an arena. And I have like old camcorder videos of myself doing that. And then as I got older, that dream kind of faded away a little bit. And I started doing a lot of theater and I went to musical theater school and then I dropped out of musical theater school and got a history degree. So it was kind of all over the place, but I was still writing music all through that time. It was just for me. And I didn't think that anyone was ever going to hear it. Um, and then I, even though I had, a, I was getting my history degree, I had decided that I wanted to become a psychosexual therapist. Um, so like, if you've seen sex education, Otis's mom, that's like what I wanted to do. Um, and I was looking into jobs in New York in like, you know, community based um, positions because, you know, like sex education, community based positions, because I wanted to be in the workforce before I decided that that was what I wanted to go to graduate school for. And, you know, I would have to get a master's and I would have to get a PhD. And so there was a lot involved there. And I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about like waking up at 7.30 every single morning and going to an office and sitting in an office and sitting behind a desk and looking at a computer and then maybe going on excursions, but also maybe not. And I was thinking about that being my life. And it just like filled me with dread. And I've never been the kind of person to dread my life. I've always been the kind of person that if something isn't working, I make a change and I make it immediately. Um, it was that way with, you know, leaving musical theater school and deciding to do history. And so it was kind of the same here. I was like, this is not making me happy. This is not filling me. So I need to do something that is going to make me happy and fill me up. And I had been writing music. And at this point, the music had become something that I thought was really good before I was like, oh, this is fun for me. And I like it. But you know, it's not like I could hear these songs on the radio. A lot of the older songs that I wrote, especially when I was in musical theater school, sound like they could be musical theater songs. So I was like, that's not going to be on the radio. But then I had like this breakup about two years ago and I wrote this song called Baseline about it, which is out. It was my first single that I ever released. And I wrote that song and it was such a catchy hook and it was such like a pop hook. And I was like, whoa, I could do this. So then flash forward a couple months later when I was dreading going into the workforce, I was like, you know what? At this point I had been writing after that song, I went on like a crazy writing spree and I wrote like 30 songs in three months. And um, I had all of these songs that I wrote and I was like, I can do this. I can make an album. And if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So now is the time that I, I have to commit to this. Um, and if I don't, I'm always going to regret it because 
yeah, I was making these songs for me and I felt like that was fulfilling, but how cool would it be if it didn't have to be just for me? So that was, I think that was the moment. It was a lot leading up to that moment, but yeah. (laughs) So if you could start your career over from day one, would you do anything different? I think I would, this is so funny because of what I said earlier, but I probably would have taken TikTok more seriously. Um, I was dreading it so much when I started and I didn't start on TikTok until I released Baseline, which was a mistake because I think that Baseline could have been something on TikTok. I think that the lyrics are a little bit funny. Um, in in It's not really funny in the context of the song, but if you take it out of context, like TikTok often does, it's how can I sleep in my bed knowing the words we said? How can I play guitar without wondering where you are? How can I stand in the shower? My thoughts overpowering, whatever, the rest of the song. But I think it's so funny to like, think about all of those like little things out of context. Um, and I think that that could have been something for TikTok. And I was just too scared to do it because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't feel like I had ideas about what to put out there. But that was a mistake because I think that I could, I, I think I could be a little bit further in terms of a social media presence if I had done it earlier. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast, Your Life, the Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life, the Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. When are you most creative? I don't know. I really don't like a lot of people say like, oh, I was in the shower and the song popped into my head. And for me, it's not really like that. I almost kind of get in like a mood where I'm like, oh, I'm going to write a song. And I don't know necessarily what I'm going to write it about until I start writing. Sometimes I'll do some brainstorming and I'll write in a notebook like very, I know what I want to write about. So I'll write like very specific smells and tastes and times of day and times of the year and what I was doing and who I was doing it with and what they looked like and how I felt and all of those things. But sometimes I just have a feeling and then a song pours out in like 20 minutes. And that's how I wrote most of my best songs. It's how I wrote every single song on this EP. Um, And I don't, I don't know, like it, it does, it's not a time of day. It's not like, it's not inconvenient. It's usually when I have a feeling and decide to do it, which is kind of cool, but that feeling doesn't always happen. So I can't like pull a song out of my ass, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So if you were doing a show right now, like if this turned into like a tiny desk concert Mm -hmm. type thing, uh, which of your songs would open the set list? I think it would have to be photo on your desk um, because I love it. It's a cold open and I think it's a great way to start. Like it just throws you right in. This is exactly what you're in for. Enjoy or don't. Um, I, I don't think I would play the EP in order because I would want to end with women always know because it's a great song and it's a crowd pleaser and it's fun to clap to and um, it's fun to play. And I think opening with a banger and closing with a banger is a great way to go. Um, 
But then that kind of messes up my whole idea about women always know and doing life with me being sister songs. So I think that I would sprinkle um, a couple covers in between every song on the EP, but definitely play every song on the EP and then maybe play some unreleased songs and definitely baseline. Hello there, I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber-generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. What advice would you give to the next generation of artists? Just do it. Like, that's... <laughs> Nike. Oh my God. But, um, the, the thought that I had when I was deciding to do this was you will never make the decision to go back and do this 20 years from now. If you're going to do it, you have to do it now. And I already have people in the industry telling me I'm too old and I'm 23. Like, that's crazy. I am not too old and you're not too old. I think, um, Oh my God. Her name is Michelle Yeoh. I think that she won the um, Academy Award for best actress this yeah. past year. And she said something about being never like never being too old. Don't let anyone tell you that you're too old. And I almost cried when she said that because of what people had been saying to me, they were like industry people were like the music industry is teenagers now. So if you're not like a teenage pop star, it's going to be a lot harder for you. And there is truth to that, but also I'm 23. I have my whole life and my whole career ahead of me. So you're not too old but you do have to do it now. If there were 25 hours in a day, what would you do with that extra hour? Probably practice guitar. I could really use it. I taught myself how to play guitar when I was 14. Um, I wish I had started learning earlier and I wish that I had a teacher because I you know, taught myself a lot of bad habits that I didn't understand were bad habits and I didn't learn the theory and I didn't learn a lot. Learning guitar on your own is really hard. And learning guitar as an adult is so much harder than it is learning it <laughs> as a teenager or a kid. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm in guitar lessons, which is great and so important. But if I had an extra hour to practice, it would be really helpful. <laughs> I, ideally, what would you like for people to take away from your music? You know, Taylor Swift, she's my favorite artist. I, I love her music. Her and Noah Khan, like, ah, uh, amazing. I want them to collaborate. But 
she once said something. She was like, I write music about my exes, but when you hear it, I want you to think I wrote them about your exes. And I love that because that's my songs are about moments in my life, like minutes that I blow up into a whole song because I've always like resented a little bit those songs that are like about how big and grand life is and the general feelings of life. Cause I was like, that's not true. Life isn't just one thing. It's not just feeling good all the time and fried chicken and sweet tea. Like <laughs> that's not what life is. That's a very romanticized version of life, but life is hard and there are great moments and there are not so great moments. And I think when I write my songs, I obviously write them about personal experiences and I write them in detail, but the feelings that I talk about and the catharsis that I create are very general feelings that everybody feels. And so when you listen to my music, I want you to think I wrote it about your life. So uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on your music. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Slightly out of reach. Women always know the EP is called slightly out of reach. Women always know is the single. Uh, those can be found on any streaming platform that you listen to music, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Apple music, Deezer title, anywhere you listen to music, those can be found. Um, women always know the video is on my YouTube channel, Kate Carter, Kate with a C Carter, like the president. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always say that. And, um, all my social media is C eight Carter at C eight Carter. So yeah, follow me, follow me on TikTok because I am there <laughs> now and I'm making it happen. Um, but yeah, go watch the video and stream the EP. Well, thank you so much for taking a little time out of your day to talk to me about you and talk to me about the music. I have, I have enjoyed this immensely. And as I said, at the top of this episode, I'm such a fan of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm so happy to be here. And this was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemicstate.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>